Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Fenners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hey, Bully, great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by Come Away With Me, Laura Jones. To be more like Laura, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get yourself some bonus content and grow the show today. His back is strong, his beard is thick, wonders what makes people tick. Joe Marler and his show, Joe Marler, here we go. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe, this is Tom. Joe and Tom. Tom and Joe, Joe and Tom. Joe, I know I often begin these with questions because these things pop into my head when we're apart. And I think, what would Joe think if I asked him this? You've been shipwrecked, Joe, on an island and you soon find out that it's inhabited by Stone Age savages. Okay. What existing skill that you have is keeping you alive? Right, Stone Age Savage. Does that mean they've only got stones as weapons? They've got stones. They have got fire. So if you can start a fire, you could become King of the Savages. Okay. But it's your skill. It has to be an existing skill that you have that would keep you alive. Now that you've asked me this quite important question, it's dawned on me, I have no skills. (laughs) (laughs) What about barbecuing? How's that stopping me from dying? Well, because... Not only are you cooking food so you can eat, yeah. but they'll be so impressed because fundamentally they're Stone Age savages that so all they care about is staying alive. Ha, 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 ha. Exactly. So if you're trying to ingratiate yourself with the Stone Age savages and stop them smashing you to death with their stone clubs, axes, whatever, you could do a nice barbecue. Oh, yeah. Have I got my meter? A meter being... So like meat, yeah. but with er on yeah. the end and that's like the end bit of thermometer so thom- thermometer yes so this thing's called a meter and you pop it in your meat has it got a spike on it thing? yeah it's a spike you pop it in your meat and you connect it to your phone the app via the bluetooth and it tells you how hot the inside of your meat is <laughs> and it also tells you how hot the ambiance mm. heat is. Yeah. That's the only way I know how to cook meat. So have I got that with me? Because if I haven't, that technically means that I don't have a cooking skill I'm going to say yes. I'm going to, for some reason, you've been shipwrecked and you'd packed most of your major barbecue. So you've got tongs as well. You, you packed a lot of your barbecue implements in your seafaring trunk and it ah. got washed ashore with you. Yeah. So actually, because the trunk itself wasn't waterproof, but you've got a series of meat rubs mm. that were in sealed containers and when you've opened this trunk, oh no, it's all been damaged by the salt water. No, what's this? And you take the lid off the four different rubs untouched by the brine. Perfect. I've had so many meat rubs over my time. Just trying to recall my very first meat rub. <laughs> I think it was at my nan's house. <laughs> she was doing a chicken. <laughs> so it's barbecuing is the answer. Well, apparently, you've told me to say that, haven't you? You persuade me because I haven't actually got any other skill. I can't run. 
No. I can't fight. But if you're saying that I can take my meter... By the way, we're not sponsored by meter. That would be a really good, subtle sponsorship story, we, like like they do in James Bond, mm. when he when they do product placement. I guess his watch out. He's like, hey, check out my... Yeah. What does he have? Rolex. Rolex. Omega. Omega. Mm. Are you there with me? Good point. We could always, like, pod them. Is pod... that going to be enough for Stone Age Savage? Bore them to death, I guess. Maybe we could get them on as guests. And what would they talk about? Stone Age shit. Stones. Oh, yeah, let's get a geologist on. That's not the worst shout in the world, Joe. It's not a geologist today, but it is someone super interesting. I think we should get them into the studio. Our guest today is James, and he is a whiskey expert. Welcome, James. Thanks, Joe. Nice to be here, actually. Do you like your whiskey, Joe? No, I can't stand it. That's it's... actually true, isn't it? No, it's not. No, 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 that's, that's false. I did used to like whiskey, but I haven't drunk it for a number of years because every time I would drink whiskey, I would get like like funny eyes. Or just in... into trouble. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. I'd always end up in a scrap. Yeah. I'd get the sort of rage come over me and for some reason, rather than just looking internally and blaming my own behaviour, I blamed it on an outward source, which was whiskey. And funnily enough, ever since I stopped drinking whiskey, I still get in fights all the time. So <laughs> and it's I'm not actually, next to you. <laughs> it's not actually relevant. It's not looking good. I did, yeah, I did used to like it, but I've got this thing that I want to get into it. Do you know what I mean? Is there this need? Do you drink whiskey, Tom? I love a whiskey, John. Why did you put that voice on? I've done my whiskey voice. Is it your whiskey voice? I, mean, I didn't know it was, but it appears it might be. Do you? Do, okay, James. Do you have to ha- have like a wanky whisk- whiskey, a wanky whiskey, a wanky whiskey voice that to drink whiskey? That's quite a good whiskey voice. Yeah, oh, yeah that's quite good actually. Mine, mine. I don't have a good whiskey voice, but that is good. Mind you, after a couple of whiskeys, you might have that type of voice. Anyway, how much whiskey do you actually need to drink? To class yourself as a whiskey expert. I think the expert thing can be slightly overplayed, but I think it's it's the experience of drinking or tasting. Drinking a lot doesn't make any difference, but tasting it and analysing it and looking at the different aspects of whiskey um, from start to finish, then you understand it more. It's like any any drink or any, any product. If you 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 analyse it and look at look at it and and you're involved with it for a, a long period of time. I mean, I used to be in the wine trade, so, uh, you know, so you're, my one's tasting ability is expanded from that background as well, so. What age were you when you had your first whiskey? My first champagne, I'm digressing here, my first champagne was when I was born, literally. That was the first thing I was given. Right. Um, okay, it's, a, was... it's a whiskey episode, <laughs> but I'm really keen to touch on that champagne at birth. Champagne of birth. I was born at home in Redford, near the barracks. And my dad went down, because no phones then, went down to the officer's mess, phoned some friends, his, his parents and his parents-in-law. And there were three people in the, in the officer's mess with him. I'm lying in bed with my mum, uh, having just been born. And <laughs> that's such a good caveat. Because, and, and, yeah, exactly. You have to be careful how you say that. So... And, uh, and then, and then, and they brought a bottle, bottle of uh, champagne, and that was the first thing I had. And so, but going back to your original question, the first whiskey I ever had was probably um, when I was around about six or something. My father is fucking hell. The father is a big. He, lo- he, he his first drink he drinks in the evening before a meal or whatever is a blended scotch 
um, with soda because he was born and brought up in 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 Rangoon in Burma, and that's they always used to have soda with their whiskey. I think it's around about then. I I remember nicking it off him. What were you doing? It's not an easy beverage when you're a youngster. Oh, I didn't like it. I, was, I didn't make that mistake again for a while. But yeah, that's, that was probably around about the first time. You spoke about the soda water. If you, your dad drinks whiskey with soda water. Mm-hmm. But why? Is well, that a thing? Because you always hear, that, what's the best way to drink whiskey? With water, with soda water, well, on its own? That was because in Burma, the water wasn't so good. So they'd always have, if you remember, well, you won't remember this, Jay, you're too young. Is um, soda used to come in those, and they had a, a, a canister, and you put the like a soda stream, soda stream. But it was a it was a more old fashioned type thing then, and uh, and that had that was fresh water, but they would um, it would a bit of spritz to it. And of course, one of the most popular drinks with whiskey at the moment is a highball, which is whiskey and soda water. That, a, that, that a, doesn't sound gr- like you're adding anything to whiskey apart from... Fizzy water. Just water. Yeah. So what's the point in adding fizzy water to whiskey? Just Well, water. actually, and we'll come on to that when we taste it, is water, if you have it straight, and no one's right or wrong when they drink whiskey with or without water. It's a personal preference. To me, and I've years ago, I worked with a lovely, lovely chap called John Black who'd been in the whiskey industry for over 50 years. He always said it's... It's like a flower. When, when a flower has, you know, and water hits it and it grows and the flower opens, it opens much more of the character. Um, so if you add a little bit of water to your whiskey, it just takes away some of the alcohol burn, but actually allows the flavors to sort of develop and change. And you actually find little added nuances to the flavor profile of the whiskey. You know what I think we should do, Joe? I'm going to give James uh, a number of different things you can add to whiskey, and I'd like you to look at his face and make a noise um, that reflects either the delight or the horror on his face. Okay, Joe, so you're going to make the noise appropriate to James's yeah. facial expression. Uh, let okay. me just get my whiskey voice ready. <laughs> First thing, we're going to mix James with a whiskey, and we'll assume it's a nice whiskey, ginger ale. Uh, that's okay. No. Ginger ale or ginger beer. Why, why are you asking me? You were just meant to be doing his face like a noise. I did. I went, eh. Okay. Coca-Cola. What? Why not? But I, I did that on purpose because, one, one, I got a good reaction, but two, at the end of the day, from a selling point of view, whiskey had, way, way back, had this sort of stuffy old man's image that, you know, it was the, the, the domain of that sort of category of, of drinker. Nowadays... If you want people to enjoy whiskey, they can put anything they want in it, as long as they enjoy it. So if they want to put Coca-Cola in it, fantastic. I've been to China a lot, and there they actually put, they mix it with green tea. Green tea? Yeah. Healthy, I suppose. Bit of health. Yeah, you're getting a bit best of both worlds. What about ice, James? I actually, and this might horrify some of my friends in the whiskey industry, but I actually quite, depending on the, the, the time of year or whatever, I sometimes put ice no water, just get the ice, put a cube in. And again, it's a bit like the analogy of the flat. It, you know, actually it changes. I mean, okay, when it's cold, the, the whiskey will, will go in on itself. And so the flavors suddenly just dissipate. You don't really notice them as much. But as the, the ice slightly melts, it has different flavor profiles. Um, I, I don't have an issue with putting ice with whiskey at all. It's like the red wine. I sometimes, you know, those uh, homemade ice lolly things you can get where you put the sticks in, you make your own juice, put the sticks in and put it in the freezer. I do that with the red wine. Yeah. 
to just make red wine ice lollies because intriguing it gives a different flavour to it and helps me cope with poor kids. <laughs> well, I was about to say yeah, that's probably a good idea. And also, it's it's kind of fun to yeah. uh, mix it up sometimes and give them one of them. <laughs> And they fall asleep oh. for 11 hours. <laughs> no need for cowpole then. Wonderful. Oh, cowpole lollies. Drink cowpole with freeze. Different episode. Yep. <laughs> so if, uh, James, if Joe and I were at Marla Towers and there are no children there and we've got a really nice bottle of whiskey, what are the peak conditions that we should enjoy our whiskey in? I would say you get your bottle of whiskey out and you're, you're the two of you are together, get a glass. To be honest, everyone gets all Nancy about glasses. Doesn't matter. So it doesn't need that crisscross pattern on it. No. Nope. Oh, it doesn't need like the bowl shape nope. to it or anything. No. Nope. Just a glass. No. Nope. Just a glass. Any, what about a cup? Well, actually, in Brunei, when I when it worked out out there, you used to go into a, there was a coffee shop, and of course, beer was illegal. But you'd go to this coffee shop and they'd serve it in a teapot. Ooh. And you get tiger beer in a teapot, and you say cup of tea, please, and they could bring out the, and the cup and saucer, and you pour your beer into the. Out of the, co- the the teapot. Sneaky, sneaky. It was sneaky. Very it was sneaky. It worked. So you're definitely saying, I don't need a crisscross don't need pattern a criss-cross. on my glass. No, no. What about the, it's fine straight from the bottle. I don't need to decant it into like this crisscross pattern, bigger a decanter. Decanter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, I, I have a decanter at home. Okay. Um, and when I get uh, like these, you know, the little bottles of, of whiskey samples, once I've tasted them and uh, I, I have the Robertson House blend and I just pour the whole lot in and, and it sort of, it changes the whole time. So you've got a decanter at home that's full of like, like a lucky 20 dip different... It's got a lucky dip, yeah. <laughs> it's got a bit of Irish in it. And the other day I put some uh, Indian in it. It's got mainly scotch. And uh, it, it changes the whole time. It can be, you know, it's, uh, there's a, sometimes there's a little bit of peat, peat to it. And uh, it's quite fun, actually, seeing how it develops. You Joe, know. this is making, because I came into this thinking there were certain rules for drinking whiskey. I'm now thinking it's something of a, of a blagger's charter. Like all these people you meet who tell you how to drink whiskey and it's got to be done in a certain way. Do you think, James, people actually, the majority of people who drink whiskey, can they tell whiskeys apart? I think people, if, they, if they're used to drinking whiskey, yes. You can you you can be able to t- say that it's Speyside Island, Glenlivet, Glenlivet, yeah, that's or um, well, that's Speyside, M- Mallon, McCallum, McCallum, Speyside. <laughs> so, Tom, I've got, I know my whiskey, mate. I just couldn't see my notes. Um, um, but I think I think um, if you're you know if you're not used to drinking whiskey, then I mean certainly a lot of people get put off if their first whiskey is something really peaty. So it's very peat. smoky. Potato. No, peat as in uh, P-E-A-T. Peat is a, a type of, it's soil. Part of the process is for single malt, uh, especially, is it has to be malted barley. And in the, the malting of the barley, it goes through a kiln and it's either, malt, either the, the barley is, is malted by smoke from peat or non-peat, so smoke. So it has that flavor profile of slightly smoky when it's fermented and then obviously distilled, uh, that smoky flavour still comes through. So some people will say drinking a very heavily peated whiskey, mainly from Isla, uh, they all tend, they are all peated whiskies. Some are much higher. Where's this Isla place? It's an island off the west coast of um, Scotland. Okay. What whiskies will come from there then? So people might have um, heard of some of these whiskies. Ardbeg, 
Ardbeg, um, which that is, is a one punchy of the, one. That's a punchy one. Lafroig, which is next. <laughs> that's even. That's just as punchy. So some people say, which I think is a little bit, bit unfair, is when they taste it, um, they say that they it's it tastes like an ashtray, mind you. TCP, I've heard. And TCP. Who the fuck's drinking TCP? Right, this is an issue, Joe. So why? Let's say you go to a sporting fixture and you might tuck a little cheeky hip flask away. When I've done it and I've stuck in a couple of those ones that James had just mentioned, and the hip flask has just gone down the the row of seats, you get some people who are reeling away in horror. Because it's rank. Rank is probably unfair, James, it's isn't it? It's, it's an acquired taste because it's it's very full on. I mean, there's there's other ones on Isla that are slightly less peaty, so Buna Harbin, and there's also a favourite of mine, which is Kilhoman, um, which is was the first distillery to be built on Isla uh, for 100 years, and it's family-owned, and it's it's... And and they're they're doing some amazing whiskies themselves, but it's it's not as heavily peated as 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 others. But then when you go to a lot of the highlands, there's no peat at all, and a lot of that is due to Isla being an island. The natural resource for heat and everything else is peat that has been there for centuries, and it's dug up, and they use that as a heat source on the on a fire, but also to to, to for the malted barley. But in the central highlands, for example, it was all coal. There's no peat there. So that's what they used to, for the malted barley. I could just <laughs> feel like drinking it all. Shall we do a bit of drinking, Joe? Or rather, you can do some drinking. I'm going to do some smelling of these whiskies. That Why James are you drinking? Antibiotics, Joe. It's the old, um, it's flared up again, so. What? Yeah, you know. How old are you? <laughs> what have you bought, James? Grow so, up. I've got, um, since we're in, in Glasgow... Um, I before, brought... before you carry on, James, it looks a lot like you've got a mixture of mini jam jars. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That you've nicked from a deli or a calf that you've had some jam on toast with and then taken them home and then pissed in them um, <laughs> on different days. These are the dehydrated days and these are the more hydrated days. Can you confirm that this is definitely whiskey and not samples of uh, urine? I can definitely... Definitely tell you that uh, they are uh, samples of whiskey. I want to assure you that I don't trust anyone. So you saying that definitely it's whiskey, I don't believe you for a second. But I am still willing to taste it, Good. even if it is your piss. Well, uh, well, you know, hopefully you'll see that the, the if it is my piss, that there's a, a, a different style of piss all the way through. Can't wait. So, right, but I've also James. brought. I've brought some. I thought it was worth having a look at some new make spirit. Ooh. So this is this is um, what we call new make spirit or uh, cleric. So this is an entirely clear. So, so spirit what, you're pouring into the so, little glasses in so, front well, of us. Well, actually, Tom, all whiskey is clear. Top of the class, Joe Marler. Top of the class. Whis whiskey does not have a colour. Do you know what provides whiskey with the colour? I do, but I'll let you say because oh, you're you looking do. so smug. You do. Don't you? you have a go. You have a go. No, you finish your fact. No, no. Whiskey's crystal clear, mate, until the colour due to uh, the, the casks. <laughs> the casks? Yeah. The casks no, stain it, don't they? They top stain it. Well, they don't, they just add colour. They add colour and, and aroma. And aroma. Yeah. And flavour profile. Well, they add, add flavour profile. So what I've done is I've poured out, since we're in Glasgow, I thought it was appropriate to bring along some new make and some different whiskies from the Clydeside Distillery, which was uh, built or started producing, sorry, in 2017. And it's owned by the Morrison family, uh, Tim and his son, Andrew. What I've poured now is their new make spirit, which is taken off the still 
which is the first cut, uh, that, and and it's it's sixty-three point five percent what alcohol. Right. So it comes off it comes off at around about seventy percent, and then what they do is where does that seven percent go? Uh, well, they add water to it. Oh, um, some people don't, but they add a little bit of water to it just to take the alcohol down, and then they put it into the into the casks. So this um, is before cast. Before cast. We have a little sniff, shall we, boys? Of the uh... fuck me, dead. Woo! So is it similar to wine when you taste this? Are you meant to sniff yeah. it? Put uh, your sniff whole nose it, in. Put your nose in, and actually, fuck it out. But what, what you want to do? Um, a lot of people don't do this, but I, I, I think it does help. Is keep your mouth open because when you when you breathe through your nose and oh. keep your mouth shut, the nose and the mouth are connected to each other. But if you keep your mouth open, you get far more of the flavour profile coming actually back down through your mouth and out again. Luckily, Joe always breathes with his mouth open anyway, so this isn't a massive issue. Um, the glass you've given... <laughs> the glass... I keep doing it to, to me. I haven't even drank it, it's sniffing it. The glass, James, that you've given Joe to put his nose into is probably big enough for a course of Joe's nose. Is that an issue? Nope, not at all. Thank you, James. <laughs> I'm tasting this. Am I... Am I do, you can I, taste it. No, no... Oh, I want to, yes. Yeah. But am I, um, do I... No, you can if you want. You know, Just I can put more. it in your, leave it in your mouth a bit and... Here we go. You take the whole thing! I thought you meant I to. thought you might just sip it. You've downed the whole thing. So... At 63%. What do you think of that? I now remember <laughs> why I would put Coke with my whiskey. Because <laughs> whiskey on its own... Fucking hell, that's strong, isn't it, James? It is strong. <laughs> and it's got a lovely sort of sweetness to it. There's not a single bit of sweetness in that. <laughs> Where do I find the sweetness? Well, it's just there. There's, you know, there's, there's there, and and on the, even on the nose, there's you get you really get that hint of the barley, um, which is obviously the malted barley from from where they, you know, before it was distilled. Why is my esophagus on fire? Because you downed it very quickly. <laughs> oh, maybe I, did I get too excited? You've got a very different colour, Joe, to the colour you were before you drinking that. Yeah, I feel like I'm fucking ready. Oh, here we go. What's our next beverage, James? So the next one is we're going to try the uh, actual Stob Cross uh, Clydeside uh, single malt. So this, now this is, is, is um, so this has been matured in in um, bourbon barrels, uh, and it's a single malt, is it? A single malt. And what does single malt mean? It comes from a single distillery, and it is single malt from single. It's just barley. So, get, and it comes and they, they and it goes through a pot still. Do you get like double malt? Uh, you can get triple distilled. So it goes Why did you skip out the double then? Well, you, this is double distilled, so it goes. It's confusing, but Dave, James, you can understand why I'm confused. It says single malt on it, but that's because it's a single distillery, and it's malted um, barley that's been used in the process. Oh, okay. So it's not singular, singularly malted. It's from a single distillery, and it's fucking confusing. Without wanting to reveal how I generally buy wine, I'm going to talk about the label on the bottle. I like the uh, font on Clyde. It's got a sort of an industrial feel to it. It's bold. Bold, isn't it? Stop cross, lowland, single malt, scotch Simple. whiskey. Simple, Joe. And the colour, when you say, James, that this has come from a bourbon cask, can you tell us, please, why this whiskey we're about to try is a lovely golden colour, a little bit like Joe has woken up in the morning and he's had two pints the night before and six Valencia ice lollies, but he's stopped there. It's right. So it's ninety. This is actually ninety percent bourbon uh, barrel and ten percent sherry. And Joe mentioned it earlier that bourbon barrels can only be used once in bourbon production. Um, so that's why Jack Daniels is not a bourbon because they use their. That's a Kentucky rye, Tennessee rye. Sorry, Tennessee. do they put bourbon on their label? No. 
Tennessee. Oh, it's, why it's do Tennessee. we just assume they're bourbon then? Because it's American. Sometimes they use their barrels more than once. Uh, in bourbon production, you can only use them once, and then they're shipped over here either whole or they're broken down and then remade here. So you have the term remade hogshead. These are um, bourbon barrels uh, that are shipped over, and the whiskey goes straight, the new make we've just had goes straight in, and this is uh, roughly five years old. Stobcross is roughly five years old. And what Clydeside are doing is every time they bottle it, um, they're not changing the number on, on the, the bottle or whatever. Each time they bottle it, it gets older. So the next time they bottle it in six months' time, it'll be nearly six years old. Um, so the character changes. So it'll slightly get darker because the longer you leave whiskey in good barrels, the more color extraction. With bourbon barrels, you tend to get that lovely light golden color. Sherry barrels will give you a much darker russet brown, tawny brown sort of color. What about a port barrel? Port barrel will give you a slightly red tinge. And Are there um, many whiskies out there that are, are... In port, yeah, they, they can put them in. Uh, what you have is from start to finish, they'll probably be in bourbon. I'm sorry, at the beginning bourbon barrels. And then they might take them out of that and they call, it's called a port finish. So they'll finish it in there for maybe six, seven months, maybe up to a year. And they'll just it just adds another layer of character to it. Have a have a little sniff so, of this. So level. now, with, so now, yes, having necked the the um, new mate spirit, I thought that's what we were doing, but it's clearly the, here. You there's there's a, another layer of character to it. So there's oh, a yeah. bit more honey. Yeah. Um, I was going to say it's, and it smells you, richer. And it? Absolutely, there's a little bit more richness to it. Ooh. There's um, you're still getting that barley and and sweet barley on the nose, but there's a sort of honey honeyness to it and. And also, I get a little bit of sort of a little bit of hint of banana. The thing is, it's so suggestible, isn't it, Joe? These things. So and if when... you taste it, there's that there's a, a real richness to it, and and oh yeah, and, and there's that honey still there, and there's a bit of a kick. Thoughts, Joe? Comes back at you, doesn't it? I'd say it's much better to drink it by sipping it because mm -hmm. my esophagus is now not burning; only my tongue is. Did you just add water to yours? Yeah. So oh, I'm going to do that flower thing to my Try, try to a my bit of water. Here, so okay. You're just using a little pipette here. We've got a little bit of pipette here, so water. then you just get this. You just get a little bit in there. Otherwise, you you can drown. So it. what have you done there, uh, James? You put about a fifth as uh, much water as whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you taste it, tell me what you're tasting, Joe. Oh, it takes that edge off, doesn't it? A little bit of edge off, but there's it just opens up, so you're getting more baked apples. A uh, little bit of uh, banana still, but barley. Definitely is there. taste that sweet, like honey flavour. Yeah, and the thing is, the great thing about tasting is, I'm saying, bar, you know, sweet barley. Um, Don't know where you're getting the bananas, banana from. Bananas, what? Yeah, but your actually, bananas for Sam banana, mate. That tastes but, nothing like banana. But the, but you see, no one, you can't be wrong, and no, no one can be right. It's that's it's a, a ridiculous person. statement, no, it's, James. It's, absolutely, no. It's Do a you personal. mean in the world, or just specifically with whiskey <laughs> and whisk, with, Good, with, okay. with tasting? Because if we're no, going no, no. with the world, <laughs> fuck, we James can be. He's got no moral compass. <laughs> I've got no moral compass. No, <laughs> I, I have actually, but but, um, but I think you know, with tasting, everyone's taste buds are unique. If I get bananas and you don't, that doesn't mean to say I'm right and you're wrong. It's, it's a personal thing. People seem to have this idea with whiskeys that the older the whiskey, the better. True, false, or in between? In between. At the moment, that's a young whiskey. That's five years old. But you're still getting lots of flavor profile out of it. And, and, it's, and it's a delightful whiskey to drink. As it gets older, it will change. Um, Even in that bottle? No, no. Once right, it's in a bottle, okay. it's not, not like wine. Once right. it's in a bottle, aging stops. A lot of people reckon that the, 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 the magic moment is 10. 
Um, whether or not that's because it's a round number, I, I, it, it's, it's debatable. I think it also depends on the cask it's in. And if it's first, so you hear the term first fill. I, I think I mentioned it maybe earlier on. First fill means that nothing has been in it apart from, the, in this instance, bourbon, uh, until it came to Scotland, and then you put whiskey in it, and it's called first fill. Second fill is the fact that it had been used before by the distillery, and then whiskey has been, they've taken whiskey out, bottled it, and then they've felt that the barrels are still good enough to impart flavor profile to the next whiskey that or spirit that goes in. But you'll have to leave it in there longer to get the same uh, character out of it. The danger with uh, leaving whiskey in a, in a barrel too long is it becomes too woody. And that, that, that wood character overtakes the flavor profile. Shall we have a little break? Because I'm feeling a bit like edited. Let's get some water down you, Joe. Thanks. Okay, whilst we're on terms and stuff that really blows my mind, what's scotch? Scotch is whiskey made in Scotland. So as simple as that? As simple as that. Okay, what about whiskey from Ireland? Irish whiskey with an EY. Hang on, whiskey's got... E-Y. Whiskey's EY. No, whiskey from Scotland is a KY. Like the jelly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to go there. Yes. So I've been spelling whiskey all... I, I was going through, like, Ryan's notes, and... I was like, he's fucking not put an E or a Y on the end of the, some of the whiskey. Is that right? Scotch whiskey is with KY, and Scotch uh, Irish whiskey or American whiskey is KEY. And the difference between Scotch whiskey and Irish whiskey, apart from being from different countries, is. Irish whiskey is, tends to be triple distilled. Three times. Some of it goes through a continuous still. Uh, like or infinite, a coffee still. A coffee still. Infinite distillery. A coffee still was, it, you have two columns. Or three, you can have three. And that's how grain whiskey is made. Single malt is in a pot still. Joe, sometimes you come to this podcast um, with an empty pad. Today you've come with a clipboard full of notes in quite large writing. So I don't know if you've got any facts or you've just doodled because... That's my writing. Okay. You earlier in the podcast, you doodled the cock and balls on your notes. (laughs) You have rubbed it out (laughs) in the first half. If what facts I, have you got? James, I want to sort of test you a little bit of whether you're actually an expert or not. Right. Where does the term whiskey, with a Y, not an EY, derive from? I have absolutely no idea. I know I fucking shouldn't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, got any idea? Why are you asking me? I'm not the so-called whiskey. Well, because you're the wordsmith. I've got no idea. Where does it come from? It actually it? derives from the Gaelic. I do, know, I, do know, I do know this, actually. Yuski. Yeah. Yuski bar. Yuski bar. Yuski bar. A Yuski bar. I had a main, I had a brain drain there. Brain fart. Yeah. Yep. Brain Uskibar. drain. Uskibar. Meaning? Yeah. Well, it's basically water of life. Water of life. He's back, back, in, He's the room. Uh, back now, in the room. Back in the room. I trust him. I, I, I don't trust you less now. <laughs> Fact number two, Joe. Uh, the most expensive whiskey on planet Earth well, I, I as can, we speak. I can tell you that because oh. I actually, I did have a little sort of think about this uh, when I was coming on the train. I'm glad I came on the train actually because mm. driving home today would not have been a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So um, the most expensive was a 1926 Macallan, 60-year-old, that was sold under auction um, by Sotheby's over in America for £1.5 million. How old was it? 60, 60 years? years old. 
and it was in a decanter. It was 1926 Macallan, and it was uh, a 60-year-old. That seems a little bit excessive for a bottle of whiskey, no? Yeah. I mean, Macallan has this un incredible following. Is Macallan the one that claims it's got the oldest whiskey? The 81-year-old... Um, what's this 81-year-old... Well, some... Uh, that's got three bronze hands holding the bottle. Oh, that's... Oh, I don't know. No, that is Macallan. I think that is Macallan. Oh, okay. I think that is Macallan. So the, the most it's, that's the most expensive. Then you've got others that have followed in that line, but not the same. Um, there was a Beaumont Black that was £80,000. A Macallan Lalique, which was 203,000. A Johnny Walker Diamond Jubilee was 167,000. But last year, a single cask reached the biggest amount. And that was an Ardbeg 1975 single cask. And that went for 15.2 million. What? Yeah. Who's buying this? So that cask, how big's that cask? Well, I think it was a bourbon. Uh, it could have been a bourbon barrel. So it would have been 223, no, two, 250 litres. Possibly. Bottles? How big is that? Depends, well, 75, 1975, so you're probably looking at, depending on the alcohol strength, it would probably be around about 200 and something bottles. Depending, it depends. So, 15 mil? 15 mil. Who the fuck's bought that? Uh, someone who's got a lot, far too much money. <sighs> if we were somehow, James, to have got hold through illicit means uh, one of the bottles from that and we would have a little sip of it now, what would we taste? Well, actually, I did speak to a friend of mine, Charlie McLean, who's uh, a you know, he, he is a whiskey expert. He's been around a long time. And uh, he said that it was it was insane, actually. I mean, it was really balanced, a lot of structure. But I, th I can't remember. He worked out how much his, the sample he had, and it was uh, something ridiculous, over £100,000. <laughs> what, the sip he had? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something ridiculous. How do you feel with that, Tom? You just got this sip and you realise it's a £100,000 sip in your mouth. Do you swallow or do you... What, what, do you, would you spit it back in the tub so again. you could keep it and then just taste it again, spit it back in? Obviously, every time you spit, it adds enzymes that creates a different flavour to it. So then you could resell it and bottle it. Tell me more about these enzymes. Um, there's they're, uh, the, the ones in your mouth that um, break down proteins in the barley. And whilst I was also researching <laughs> expensive whiskies. I came across these two, which is, and you mentioned, it was Isla? Isla. 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 This might be from Isla, but this says it's Isla. <laughs> and I think it's more to do with the bottle than it is the whiskey, because this is a bottle of Isabella's Isla, and it is $6 million for one bottle. Okay, this is what it looks like. It's like a perfume bottle. Looks like a perfume bottle. Mm. But... I think the price tag is more the fact that it's got eight and a half thousand diamonds mm. and 300 rubies and exquisite white gold as the as the bottle. But that wasn't my, that was a bit tacky for me. 6.2 mm. million. I, I know it's a price tag, but it's, it's a bit tacky. I like this one. It's called the Emerald Isle Collection. And it was two million and uh, a 30 year old whiskey a bespoke Fabergé Celtic egg handcrafted from emerald and 18-carat gold. And then a Fabergé 22-carat gold timepiece. Fucking hell, there's loads in it. A watch? Uh, yeah, it's a watch, yeah. That's an, an alternative word for a watch, timepiece. Thank you for that, Tom. <laughs> and a Cohiba Siglo 6th Grand Reserve... Cigar? Cigar. How did you know? Cohiba. Yeah. Oh, you know your cigars? Not really. So, <laughs> hang on, and that leads me on nicely to... Um, 
if I want to get into the wanky whiskey world, mm-hmm. is it still wanky whiskey or has or gin taken over from mm. the gin's, wanky? Gin, gin's dropping now. Oh, gin's dropping. So yeah. it was the in thing. Rum's coming. Right, yeah. Oh, rum is rum coming. Rum is coming. Rum's coming. Big oh, time. I love a bit of rum, mate. So do I. Oh, you can't a bit beat. of dead man's finger. Yeah. So, <laughs> bit of dark and stormy. I love a dark um, and stormy. That was the ginger bit. I'd have ginger beer with with my rum and the squeeze of lime, and I'd then I'd, I'd then put the lime around the rim of the glass, and I'd then dip the rim of the glass in sugar. Would you? Then it was laughing. I was waiting for something else. <laughs> Sorry, yes, the rum's coming. The rum's coming. Rum. Gin's going down. Rum's coming. Rumming. Where's whiskey sitting? Or Pretty is that much, always going to stay? Always gonna be there. It's always going to be there. I mean, whiskey at the moment. It's in, obviously last weekend. Just recently, the, the, the weekend passed. A young man, a British chap, has just been arrested for fraud. Probably, possibly going to send spend twenty years in prison. Not under Her Majesty's privilege, but uh, over in the states because he he. Uh, over 200 pensioners, um, and he and it's not just whiskey; it was wine as well. And he took them for 10 million fake whiskey. Oh, and he didn't own some of it. Oh, the ultimate fake whiskey didn't even exist. Um, <laughs> and there's that, that that that's at the moment. There's a there's a a lot of companies. Some of them are legit, but a lot of them are just fronts, and they are quoting that you can you know the the the, the one they quote is the fact that. There was a, a cask of Macallan that um, was sold for you know, one million, but the buying price was five thousand pounds. And they're saying, you know, look at that. That's that's what you can you can expect. Well, the, it, a lot of the claims are dubious because yeah, you can buy a cask of of whiskey from a distillery if they're selling them for two grand up to five, sometimes a bit more uh, for some of the newer ones. But there's no guarantee that you're going to get the return on the investment. Um, but some of these companies are saying there's you know, 25% return on your investment. How they're getting that, no one knows where that's coming from. And the people are going to get burned um, with, with this sort of promise of riches at the end of the rainbow. This episode is sponsored by the following wonderful people. The Locksmith, Emma Lockwood, Gavin and Stacey Vickers, Ratatouille, it's Andrew Han Ratty. Masefmeister, Robin Stiff. Shotgun, Mark Clayton. All's fair in love and war, it's Matthew Fairs. The sound man, Ollie Soundy. Magnificent Maggie Vidovice. Ian from Gloucester. John, Donna, Harrowing. And Matt, The Rock Johnson. Crapper's Delight, it's Carl Crapper. The Orient, Dean Leighton. And King Louis Morgan. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Show. Become an official sponsor, get bonus content, and grow the show today. So if you're quite an old-fashioned traditionalist when it comes to whiskey, what's your view on, like, whiskey-based cocktails then? Oh, I think they're... I, could, I, I, I like Oh, you whiskey. like them? Oh, I like old-fashioned. What's an old-fashioned? Angostura's bitters. And and whiskey and a bit of ice and mix it all together, and that's where the cocktail scene. And we talked about rum; that's coming, you know. But whiskey around the world is being enjoyed far more away from the old library, old man smoking jacket, my slippers with a cigar, drinking drinking a single malt. Do do, do I need a cigar to become a whiskey man? No, you can. You can. Well, actually, you could try it. 
Oh, the the sherry. Oh. So this is four-year-old sherry. So you're opening what appears to be small pots. Uh, again, it looks like a urine sample, but it's yep. the sort of pots um, that you might get your marmalade in, Joe. This is the sherry. What? What's so this, this is being. This is four-year-old um, sherry. So this has been put into Oloroso sherry casks. Oloroso. Oloroso. What's so, Oloroso? So with sherry, you have the 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 lightest of them all is fino. So that's very dry, and you have two you know, fino and manzanilla. But this is Oloroso, which is the next next stage up. So it's it's has more has a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, Oloroso sherry and and darker in color. On the very different to the the first one we had. Which Why is, could I smell petrol? <laughs> God. So this is sixty yeah, 60.2%. Trying to think what I'm getting. It, 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 I'll be honest with you, James, and I don't want to be insulting, uh -oh. but it does smell toxic-like, as in <laughs> well, I'll, more I'll, cleaner. I'm getting a little bit of TCP, if well, I'm honest. You, well, you're, you're, you're getting very close to this because it's got a little bit of repeatedness to it. Ah, okay. So um, I wasn't that... Nope. Like far off to yep. why, and there's there's a heat to it because it's sixty point two percent. Fuck me, yeah, that heat is. Oh, well, that's hot. straight out of the cask. What's it doing to your mouth? Oh, definitely TCP. I can definitely taste that. I can taste wood, like someone's. It tastes like there's like a campfire in my mouth, but not the heat bit. It's actually the flavour bit. In mm -hmm. fact, it tastes like when I burp. My <laughs> when I burp my Kamado Joe barbecue, mm -hmm. it's like an egg shaped thing, and I'm doing like a low and slow, and I burp it, and it's quite white, smoky, mm -hmm. dirty, smoky, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm getting that sort of flavour to it. So the charcoal, that would be why. Add this would go nicely with a low and slow Boston butt. So James, you say this is uh, slightly dark on because it's been in a sherry mm -hmm. barrel. It sounds from everything you're saying. Like the barrel is the single most important thing, is it? The whole distillation process is important, obviously. You know, the fermentation, the distillation, and everything else. And you get consistency from the, with a the new mate. But the key thing is the barrel. If you get a whole load of barrels that are first filled from bourbon, you know, bourbon production and all the sherry Oloroso ones that we've just talked about, the key thing there is they've got to be fresh, they've got to be clean, and you can put your you put your new make into it, and off you go. And you'd let nature take its course. You know, the, the, the maturation place take you know, let it take its course. Now I've got three kids, you've got four. Don't know how many you've got, Tom. Two. So you'd like to think we all know they've come from the same place. So all your your, your kids are they 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 have characteristics that are very similar. But each one is different. And that's exactly the same with casks. You can have them from all the same producer. You can, on a single day, you can put the new make into it. And then you rack them up, put them into the, the, in the maturation hall and leave them there. When you take the first 10 down and you've got them all numbered in a row because you number each cask. And let's say you've got number one to 10. And five years down the line, you take them down. You take the bungs out and you open them up, and you smell them, they'll have a connection to each other because they're all distilled and put into those at the same time and then put into the barrels at the same time. But there'll be different characteristics, slightly, because the barrel is a unique item. Now, if you put it into poor wood, wood that has been used maybe two or three, maybe not two times, but three or four times, or if it's poor wood in the first instance, the chances are you're going to get poor whiskey at the end. 
And these casks, in terms of actual practicalities, how big are these casks? Can so, I fit in? Like, there was this woman that survived um, going down Niagara Falls in this fucking giant wooden barrel. Ten, she survived the drop, mate. Believe it or not, she did. Her name was Dawn. <laughs> and she survived it by using one of these barrels. Barrel. Is that similar what you so, put the so well, you, the, the, there's The different sizes, You generally speaking, bourbon barrels are 200 litres. How big is 200 litres? Probably about that size. So you've got barrel. your hands about, what, a metre apart? And they're about that high. So. Okay, so they're Tom's height and <laughs> they're my so they're width. Six foot your two width. high. And then a, a, a 250 is a hogshead. So that's about that much. And then there's a, uh, a sherry butt. A sherry butt, B-U-T-T, is 500 litres. So if Joe were to go over a waterfall, a cataract, he'd need a sherry butt. This is not some sort of word tennis coming out with cataract. I've got nothing wrong with my eyes. Would you go over a waterfall in a barrel? Can't swim. No, you wouldn't have to because the barrel's going to keep you up. No, no, the barrel smashes at the bottom. It just Does it? Yeah, she, it smashed, but it stopped the impact. So she didn't die. But you have to still be able to swim away from it because the thing. Would I go down a waterfall if I got into a, what was it, Boston butt? No. No, a sherry butt. A sherry butt, 500 litre. 500. Claustrophobic. Is the lid on or off? You'll probably have the lid on. No, you'll probably have a lid off, actually. I'll have a lid on. I'll get it in if there's no lid and no bottom so I can walk around in it. Is that enough protection? You're basically assuming it has to land on its side. Not bothered. I'm there for the experience. And if that's my last experience, (laughs) so be it. I'd enjoy it. When you've been listening to James's um, fascinating discussion of whiskey, Joe, has it changed your opinion on whiskeys? I'll be honest, Jack. I, I really, really enjoyed your analogies. Thank you. That last one about the kids and the barrels and the different... The, they're all similar but different characters, mm-hmm. even though they come from... It was, I could listen to that. It well, was wonderful. I mean, well, a great, I mean, a good example was... When I, John Black, who sadly is dead now, he'd been 57 years in the industry. I remember him coming through and saying to me, we've got 20 casks, we're bottling of a 1988 distillation, and uh, can you come and help me nose them? So we went through and nosed Pardon? every... Uh, no, just nosed... The, take the tops off and nosed all of them. And Sorry, the, you, been, but you just dip your nose in it? Dip your nose in and say, Like yeah. a duck? Yeah. <laughs> and, so we, so we nosed all of them, and I said to John, but hang on a minute, there's a cask over there in 1988. What, what's wrong with that? And he says, I'll come over here. And we went and nosed it, and I went, oh, my God, wow. And he said, and then we tasted it, and it was so good. I mean, the rest of them were all good, but they you could tell that they had a connection with each other. But this one, and it was distilled and put in the barrels at the same time, but the barrel must have been one of those just outstanding ones and we, so we bottled it as a single cask numbered bottles single cask cask strength because it was just so much better than the others it would have been a shame to have mixed it all in with the rest of them I've got one more dilemma for you Joe because we have five of the little mini marmalade jars of whiskey and one empty one and I know you have enjoyed the whiskies today here's your choice you either get to take away none of the marmalade pots of whiskey or the empty one, either James or I gets to urinate in it and put the lid on, and then you get to take them all back, but you don't know which one is the urine one and which is the whiskey. Are you doing it? I'll take my chances. Because yeah. I, I, I'll be honest, 
In fact, can I wee in one? If you want, but then you'll be drinking it well, yeah. Well, specifically, can you not wee in it? I don't need any more of your antibiotics. I'd like James's wee because... Uh, Having been to the Ottoman, it could be a very good colour. Yes. And I think the same way they they do coffee beans Mm. and that Kopi Luwak where they pick up the the beans from the the, the civet's shit... Mm. I want to use you as like the human civet. That <laughs> actually, you, you've got you've take a bit more whiskey. You put some Clyde side in you, a bit more, um, maybe half a bottle, loads of water because get, yeah, get it through yeah, you. Yeah. Then I want you to piss in marmalade jars for me, <laughs> and then I think that will really bring out the flower. That I will. Yeah. You know, James, you've been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. A pleasure, a real pleasure. Thank you, James. Thank you, Tom. Are you slightly inebriated, Jamala, having smashed that whiskey down that James poured you? All right. Um, do you want to just keep going with the whiskey, or do you want me to pull you back from the brink by offering you water? Well, I'll tell you what, fine, mate. I don't know why I'm starting to talk like Dursley, but... <laughs> I am a little bit, um... <laughs> you have fire in your belly. I do. I have that Dutch courage that's come all the way from Scotchland. You have the courage of Mel Jalloway. Yes, but the Scottish version... So oh, McMelch? No, as in like Sean. Oh, hello, Sean. I'm, hello, Joe. I mean, hello, hello, Tom. I found myself doing Roger Moore instead. I don't quite know why. You're, you're much more suited to Roger. Older man, slightly creepy overtones. Yes, whereas I'm slightly more sultry and sexy. Actually, I've just swapped. Now I'm Sean Connery. Shit. With my lean physique and slightly hairy chest. Why have you gone back to being Melch? We complete the circle of the actions. Back oh. to Melch where we began. I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, but I feel like I am. Oh, fuck, that was good, wasn't it? I don't think I'm a whiskey drinker. Shall I take the bottle that he's left us? No, I'll have it. But I'm not a whiskey drinker <laughs> until after this bottle. Okay. All right? James was wonderful. Me and James could be pals. I think me and James are pals. Is this the whiskey talking or the Joe Muller talking? I love James. Okay, it's the whiskey. Should I put this whiskey in my bag? Don't touch the whiskey. Oh. I've got the whiskey. Okay. Do you want to drink more whiskey in the pub? Are we going to stay on a whiskey groove? Or are you going to have something else? Are we going out? I need a bit of bread. <laughs> Can we eat some bread? We'll go to a bread place. Let's go. Yeah. See you in the bread place that we're walking to together. Yeah, so let's not say bye now. Okay. Bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.